In Puerto Rico, they call themselves Boricua. But Boricua is more than a name for a person from Puerto Rico. It's a way of life that means embracing the beauty that surrounds you, seeking adventure no matter where it may lead, and sharing that vibrant spirit with everyone you meet. And you can experience all that warm, welcoming, passionate culture set in a tropical island paradise without the need for a passport for U.S. citizens or permanent residents. Learn more about how you can live Barigua at discoverpuertorico.com. In Puerto Rico, they call themselves Barigua. But Barigua is more than just a word to identify a person from Puerto Rico. It's a way of life that means embracing the beauty that surrounds you, seeking adventure, and sharing that vibrant spirit with everyone you meet. In Puerto Rico, you can experience a tropical paradise with world-class beaches. You can immerse yourself in the rich 500-year history of Old San Juan, where there are stunning forts, classic town plazas, and iconic monuments. You can indulge in a foodie paradise with renowned restaurants, seaside kiosks, and an innovative cocktail scene. And you can take in an abundance of natural wonders like El Yunque, the only tropical rainforest in the U.S. national forest system, all without the need for a passport for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more about the warm culture of Puerto Rico and how you can live Boricua at discoverpuertorico.com. I'm Aislinn Green, and this is Unpacked, the podcast that unpacks one tricky topic in travel each week. And let me tell you, we have an episode for you today. We are talking about travel loyalty programs. You know, airline miles and hotel points and yes, credit cards. But you do not have to be an Excel tracking points obsessive to make some strides in this world, because you can leave all that obsessing to our guest, Paul Rubio. He's a points and rewards pro. He writes about these topics as well as many other things for Afar.com. And he joins us today to talk about the state of the industry, which programs are best at this moment in time, and how to navigate it all without spending your entire life reading points blogs. Fair warning, it is going to get technical, so if your head is swimming by the end, never fear. I'll link to a bunch of resources in the show notes. So grab a glass of wine, sit down, and get ready for your loyalty programs masterclass. Paul, welcome back to Unpacked. It's so nice to have you here today. Thank you. I'm very excited to be back. Let's just talk um, for a moment about your background because I'm seeing your suitcase and I think a map and this is feeling very travel appropriate. <laughs> I, I kind of set it up a little bit for for the occasion <laughs> so you wouldn't see into my kitchen. Um, but yes, I have a lot of suitcases, big and small. And one of the many wonderful things that I do for afar is review suitcases. So these behind me are more like props. They're not they're not ones that I've reviewed, but um, to shamelessly plug some of my suitcase reviews on the website, you can read very detailed reviews about my Ramoa, my Tumi, and a few other ones to come. Amazing. I also have my suitcase in my background, but it's covered up by a like a dust protector. So oh, nice. look at us, two nice. travel people. Nice. <laughs> Someday, maybe we'll talk about suitcases together. Yeah. But today, we're actually here to talk about travel loyalty programs, which such a big, complex, crazy topic. Yes, big and complex. I mean, what's your backstory? Can you tell us a little bit about how you got into this and 
what your expertise is? I mean, similar to credit cards, I pretty much have every credit card. Um, (laughs) I am a member to nearly every major airline and hotel loyalty program out there, both domestic and internationally, and have been since college. So not only that, I have most of my family members enrolled in the key programs. I do this because you have to remember it costs nothing to join these programs. All frequent flyer programs or uh, loyalty programs are free to join. So you have nothing to lose, everything to gain. And points and miles, like since COVID, a lot of programs have changed their policies and points and miles no longer expire. So you can like bank these miles in 2024 and forget you have them. And then 2027, you're just on the second time you've ever flown a random airline and voila, you already have some points and then maybe you'll have enough points to get something out of it. So they're not going to rot if you leave them in your account for years. I know that I've had success with loyalty programs because I am type A and I keep a spreadsheet (laughs) of all of my loyalty program numbers and passwords. For people who are not spreadsheet inclined, there's a website, um, an app called Award Wallet, where you just enter in all your information and it keeps track of all of them for you. That's amazing. So what a good idea. Yeah. So when I give, and it sounds overwhelming, like, oh, hey, join 10 different loyalty programs, but you can manage it all in one place. So that makes it simple. That's great. And like you said, if they're free, there's no charge. It's not like getting a credit card where you might want to, you know, pick and choose. Like you could join them all and... Right. Like you're not going to be slapped with an annual fee next year and be like, oh, yeah, God, yeah. what did I do? <laughs> Just don't click subscribe to the newsletter, right? <laughs> Actually, <laughs> except for ours, yes. I, I, I will say yes, exactly. just make sure that you are um, opted out of marketing material so you don't get about 10 emails a week. Yes. Okay. Well... At the very beginning, you mentioned the complexity of these programs, and it just feels to me like so much has shifted in this world. So where are we? Where do they stand in 2024? Like, have they improved? Are we in a good place? Okay. So, I mean, the question of have loyalty programs improved is a huge question, but I'm going to try to like start short and sweet. So overall, loyalty programs in 2024 are worse than they were in years back. But it's been a downward trend for years. It's nothing new. Everyone just happens to be talking about it this year because I think with travel revenge, everyone out in the skies, chaos at airports, people trying to get into lounges, Every everyone's kind of really wanted to get in on the loyalty program game this year. And so they're becoming more aware of like what it is to be part of some of these programs. But yes, we've seen this downward trend over the years. So from 2023 to 2024, it's not actually that bad. There have been some negative changes, some are status quo, some are slightly positive. We'll go over those hopefully more in detail later. But yes, if we look back five years ago, it costs more points to redeem for flights. It's harder to get elite status. But still opportunities. So don't give up hope. Okay. So still sign up for all of them. Get still the, do uh, it. Get the app. Still do, <laughs> still it. do it. Still do it. Why would you say that? You know, for someone who's like, oh, this seems like a lot to manage. Because sometimes you can get free flights and free hotel stays easier than you think. It might not be over the holiday break. 
or over summer break when that's uh, the time that most people want them. But there are other opportunities. And for example, I'm going to Mexico with my cousin in a few weeks. She was not enrolled in the American Airlines program. We're flying American. And I had her enroll, then got her credit retroactively for a flight she had taken two months prior. And then now after our Mexico flights, she'll probably have about 9,000 American Airlines Advantage points in her account, which can often get you a domestic one-way ticket. So who doesn't want a free ticket? And like, and all it took was to just sign up, which 30 seconds and then put her number in. Yeah. That's it. So it is it is worth it. And the landscape is constantly changing. So there are good deals. They're still there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And if you're still traveling anyway, why not get the rewards for exactly. it? Exactly. Right? Like why not get something, even if it takes you longer to get a free flight? Yes. Well, for people who aren't as familiar or maybe you're newer to this, what are the kind of broad categories of loyalty programs? The big loyalty programs are with hotels and airlines, but your points programs through credit card companies are also considered loyalty programs. So the credit card ones are the most straightforward. You are part of the loyalty program just by having the card. The easiest example or the foremost examples would be American Express, Chase, and Capital One. They have rewards programs and you earn based on your spending. You get bonus points for more spending. And these are for their general travel cards like the platinum and gold cards from American Express to Capital One, Venture X for Capital One, and then the Chase Sapphire Preferred and Reserve. These credit cards, like their reward programs are A, you're earning the points, and then B, you can redeem your points by transferring them to partner loyalty programs with hotels and airlines. But they also have VIP offerings as cardholders, which makes it feel like you are being rewarded as a customer. So last month, I attended Art Basel in Miami Beach, one of the biggest art fairs in the world every year. And I had access to some incredible events just for being a cardholder to some of these cards as part of their loyalty program. So I went and had a private dinner with Jose Andres, like the Jose Andres for $125 as a Capital One Venture X Rewards card holder um, in a gorgeous high design setting and unlimited glass of Laurent Perrier champagne, a three course dinner with the chef himself. And then I also went to the Miguel and Becky G concerts, which was through Chase. That was 20,000 points to get a ticket to the concert. Again, included all food and drink. Some people don't realize that these top credit cards kind of have like loyalty embedded in them. It's not just the sign up bonus. It's not just the lounge access, but they have that. Plus they also have their own hotel programs. So for American Express, this is fine hotels and resorts. And for Capital One, it's the premier collection. And when you book through their portals, you get like a hundred, like for the premier collection from Capital One, you get a hundred dollar experience credit and you also get late checkout. Now, if you do the programs through the credit cards, you can't also collect miles on the actual loyalty programs of those hotels. I see. But that's the credit to pick. That's the credit card, <laughs> like quick okay. spiel. You know, I'm like crazy about my credit cards. 
And we will link to the episode that you did on the credit cards and all of your, so in the show notes, all the resources okay, will be there. Perfect. Okay. So for listeners also new to this world, for actual hotel and airline loyalty programs, like they're going to vary from program to program. I mean, that goes without saying, but we're looking at like which programs to be loyal to in 2024. You need to note that elite status qualification years vary by program. So for hotels, they're by calendar year. Same thing for Southwest and United. They do their elite status qualifying year from January 1st to December 31st. But then Delta does it from February 1st to January 31st. And American does it from March 1st to February 28th. So I know it's really hard in the way. But in general, if you earn elite status in a qualifying year, you end up having it for the rest of that qualifying year and then Mm -hmm. the next qualifying year. So I personally, my top status is with American Airlines. So I've earned status already for this qualifying year. So I now have status until February 28th, 2025. Okay. So it really, so it, it really extends. It extends. It extends. Yeah. So it's the full qualifying year in which you earn it plus the entire 365 days afterwards. Then once you actually have that status, it often is easier to get status again because you have yeah. these bonus percentages for every stay or flight that you do, which makes it faster to earn the actual qualifying points that will get you elite status for the next year. I see. We've just gone from zero to a hundred. So we're like, yeah, no, no, it's, it's I, I, we're like, ah. but I will say <laughs> I have written several articles about everything that we are discussing and which breaks it yeah. down in a very simplistic manner. So it just will take a little bit of reading and homework. So like, this is like the general overview from, you know, the 101 to the PhD level course, but you can then go back to all of the individual courses. (laughs) This is your masterclass. Yes. Can we start with hotels? So if you either, you know, have the credit cards settled or you're not doing the credit cards and you want to participate in a hotel loyalty program, which one or ones would you recommend, especially for 2024? Okay, so I'm going to start with good news, which is that hotel programs haven't been decimated the same way that airline loyalty programs have been. Oh, interesting. There have, there have been some devaluations with like how many, how valuable the points are for redeeming free nights, especially with Marriott Bonvoy, but it's not the doom and gloom that like we hear about the airline industry. So we have the four big hotel loyalty programs, which are Marriott Bonvoy, Hilton Honors, World of Hyatt, and IHG One Rewards. Marriott is Bonvoy's the biggest and the one that everyone hears about the most, but it's definitely not the best in my opinion, especially if you're starting out. Why is that? So if you achieve top status with them, which requires so many nights and spending so much money, you will have an amazing merit experience. But to get to that point, you almost have to be someone who lives in a hotel or like a true business traveler. A true business traveler. Or you're yes, you're you're just frequenting hotels more than even like your average business traveler. So for people who've only been at this for a few years, I would definitely say consider World of Hyatt or Hilton Honors. World of Hyatt, not as big as the others, but it's my favorite hotel loyalty program, hands down. To get 
the highest status with Hyatt requires 60 nights. Comparatively okay. with Marriott, it's 100 nights. So wow. that, that's a huge difference. But with Hyatt, the perks of elite status are arguably the greatest and their points are the most valuable of any hotel or airline loyalty program out there. For example, I want to cash in some World of Hyatt points for a night at the Park Hyatt Vendome in Paris. I just like looked this up mm-hmm. this morning. In June, okay. I want to go for a night. It's 1,900 euros for a night if I want to pay cash or like $2,100. But I can get it with 45,000 World of Hyatt points. Wow. If I want to get yeah. an equivalent hotel that is part of Marriott Bonvoy, it would require probably like closer to one cent per point value. So it'd be more like 200,000 Marriott Bonvoy points. So, you know, going back to people who are new at this and we'll also reiterate this as we go on, every program is different, but every program has its own points or miles that need to be viewed as their own currencies. So mm-hmm. the dollar and the peso and the euro are all not equal. The other thing I love about the World of Hyatt uh, program is that now in 2024, they have milestone rewards. So hmm. you're not just like getting elite status and having all of these great benefits. As you climb the elite ladder, you're getting rewarded along the way. So that oh, that's, cool. that's really nice. And um, they've had the milestone yeah. rewards like for a while, but they just revamped the entire program. And these rewards come in the form of like a free night stay, bonus points, sweet upgrades. There are a lot of rewards to be had. And actually, as we were saying, we're going to link to some articles. I had an article just come out called Everything You Need to Know About Hyatt's Loyalty Program Changes for 2024. Oh, great. Which came out a few weeks ago. So you can look at that. (laughs) And what, what are the perks once you hit elite status with Hyatt and how do you accrue points? Is it only through staying? So you can uh, accrue points through stays, but also credit card spending. So for world of Hyatt, they have their own card. They have their own business and personal card. And with the cards, you actually get like a boost towards elite status. You get five qualifying nights. And I think the current offer, I mean, offers vary over time, but the current offer I believe is 60,000 points after spending, let's say perhaps five or $6,000 in six months. It's something along those lines. The other way to get World of Hyatt points is, and my favorite way to do it, is through Chase Sapphire Preferred and Chase Sapphire Reserve. So when you bank points through their program, which is Ultimate Rewards, you can then transfer Ultimate Rewards to other loyalty programs, one of which is World of Hyatt. So if you get the Chase Sapphire Reserve and that sign up bonuses on one of the specials of 80,000 or the, the regular offer of 60,000, once you bank those points, you can then transfer that full amount at a one to one ratio to World of Hyatt. And then also, once you have the elite perks, one of like my favorite with Hyatt is almost guaranteed late checkout. Oh, nice. I have, uh, lucky me, I have globalist status. And as a globalist, I get suite upgrades if available. So if there's any suite in the hotel that is not occupied, I'm getting it, which is amazing. Wow. Even if I even, yeah. even if I've paid or booked on miles with at the lowest rate, 
I will get that upgrade wow. to the top room. Then and globalist is the top yeah, tier. Globalist is after yeah, is okay. after sixty nights. Okay. And with the card, the World of Hyatt card, if you get that, you get their first rung uh, automatically as well. Besides the five qualifying nights, you actually get Explorer status. The other thing I wanted to mention about hotel programs is if you're going to go all in and you are going to spend several nights or let's say tens of nights throughout the year, go for World of Hyatt. If you don't have like tons of travel plan, but you want to have like the perks of being a top elite, then I would say consider going for Hilton Honors because they are unique in that with their credit card, you automatically get can get top status just by having the card. Hmm. So the Hilton Aspire card, uh, which is one of Hilton's co-branded cards, comes with diamond status, which is the top top. And you can get those big upgrades. You will get a $50 a night credit per person at any Waldorf hotel in Conrad when you stay. Uh, So that's $100, which is incredible. And then you can get late checkout sometimes. It depends on the property. But you will have all those benefits just by being a cardholder. Now, of course, that card is expensive. Yeah. (laughs) um, Around $500. Uh, If you don't want to spend that kind of money to get elite status, you can go for the surpass card, which is the Hilton surpasses their other co-branded card. It's 150 a year. It comes with all kinds of benefits and credits, uh, which defray the cost, but you get automatic gold status, which has its own lineup of perks. And finally, the platinum card from American Express, which is one of our favorite cards here at Afar, as part of being a cardholder, gives you automatic gold status with both Marriott, Bonvoy, and Hilton Honors once you enroll. So that's like you can automatically get hotel status just by being a platinum card holder in both those big programs. Are there any other ways that you would say that travelers should try to maximize these programs in 2024 if they already belong? I mean, I have accounts with both World of Hyatt and Marriott, and I just accrue points randomly, like I'm not trying to hit status, but I have been able to use my Hyatt points quite frequently, which has been great. Somehow I ended up with a bunch and I was able to book a night up in Sacramento recently. And anyway, they've been really useful. Yeah, I would say, okay, you don't want to sign up for every marketing email, but you want to get some if you are um, investing into the loyalty program, because I just got 3000 bonus points from Hyatt because I registered for a promotion for quarter four. Like if you stay three nights, even with points, you'll, we're going to give you 3000 bonus points. So those little promotions do help. Also, you can look out for transfer bonuses going back to the credit cards and their programs and the ability to transfer from credit card points to loyalty programs and um, hotels. American Express often has a promotion with Hilton where you can get like 2.8 Hilton points for every American Express point. And so then that kind of adds up very quickly. So be on the lookout for those promotions for sure. Okay. That's good to know to not totally unsubscribe. No, no, no. Don't totally unsubscribe. (laughs) To life. Okay, now I feel like we need to talk about airlines. Hotels seem a little bit 
you know, more positive, more straightforward. Airlines have had a rocky year. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so where are we at with airlines in 2024? Where are we at? All right. So um, <laughs> airline programs, they keep trying to make them simpler, so they say, but they've just become more and more complicated and they all follow a completely different system. So for this year, the big four U.S. airlines, which are American, Southwest, Delta, and United, which account for 74% of U.S. airline mm-hmm. seats. We have some positive news for Southwest. We have negative news for Delta, as everybody knows. And we have like <laughs> very, very weak sauce positive news for United. So in terms of trying to, you know, figure out like what is the good, the bad, and the ugly here and where you stand and how to approach this. Okay. So I say if you live near a hub for a specific airline or an alliance, that clearly like could make the most sense for you because they have a large presence. You can get it's the easiest way to move up the ladder in terms of elite status because you're going to need to fly that airline quickly. On the other end, sometimes I like to choose an airline that has like the second largest presence in an airport because if you're flying Delta out of Atlanta, for example, there are so many people flying Delta out of Atlanta. So their top elites are all flying out of Atlanta. They are always going to get priority for the complimentary upgrades, which is like what we covet in elite status. That's never going to happen for you, most likely, if you are flying out of that hub. The other thing is like when we start breaking down some of the programs themselves, United and Delta, their metric for elite status is how much you spend on the airline, whether it's like flights with their alliances, seat upgrades. And so you're not going to achieve like top status unless you spend a ton of money, um, like tens of thousands. So that will work out really well for people in business that have like company cards that, you know, doesn't matter. Like they have like no spending cap. They, they're just going to go with like what works for them. But if you're going on your own dime, which is what I do, that's why I go with American airlines. So they have a different program. It's called loyalty points. Another complicated program, <laughs> but the bottom line for loyalty points is that you can achieve many points towards elite status without actually ever flying. So I do fly American a lot, but like if, if I was basing my elite status on flights alone, I would only have gold status, but because American has this bit more well-rounded loyalty points program, I have executive platinum, which is top status. How so? Because one, of course, I have their credit card, of course. which gives status boosts. Uh, once you hit 50,000 points, you get a 10,000 point boost. Once you hit 90,000 points, you get another 10,000 point boost. But you can earn points with them through Advantage's shopping portal, through a program called Simply Miles that they have, and then through their dining program, which, again, oh my God, to sign up for more things. Yeah, you do. Like you want the you want those free business class seats. You do got to sign up for those things. Yeah. So recently, so there were network of rewards within bundled under loyalty programs. Like for example, this Simply Miles program. Simply Miles 
basically works with any MasterCard. Um, you register your MasterCard and then you get points deposited in your American Airlines account for doing certain transactions. Just recently, they had a promotion, which if you give a $50 donation to Conservation International, you get 1,750 loyalty points, which is a lot. I like that. that's like yeah. the equivalent with other airlines of spending a lot of money. So 50 and you could do it three times. So through that, I got over yeah. 5,000 points and I love Conservation wow. International. I wanted to give a donation anyway. Yeah. So it worked out. And now exactly. I banked tons of points. I did a lot of my holiday shopping through their portal. I ended up getting 9,000 points through the shopping portal because they sometimes give like 10 points per dollar spent and all these little things, they add up. And I'm, so I bank far more miles through Americans affiliate network than I do actually by flying American. So for someone who is trying to do this on their own dime and doesn't have a company paying or like is not prepared to spend $50,000 on flights, the American airlines program is of the big ones, the best one. Okay. Now, as far as Southwest goes, they are making elite status easier in 2024. So that's like really exciting news. They've knocked down the number of qualifying segments that you need to get elite status. But it's Southwest, which we love because everyone's <laughs> equal, right? But like, then yeah. you don't really like elite status doesn't really do much for you, right? You already have, you're not going to get business class because it doesn't exist. You're not going to get free bags. You already get them. So elite status (laughs) with Southwest is a little bit of a non-event. What you will get Uh is like if you're A-list preferred, you'll get two drinks per flight. And if you're A-list, you get free free same-day standby. A-list preferred also gets free Wi-Fi, but it's kind of small. And we have to remember that Southwest A-list, which is their elite program, is not the same as Companion Pass, which is their BOGO program. Like you earn points towards both when you fly, but the companion pass, funny enough, is easier to get because (laughs) you can do credit card promotions. And if you sign up for like two of their cards, um, like a business and a personal, you can get enough points since those welcome points count towards companion status, but not towards elite status. You can actually get a companion pass very quickly but then earning elite status might take more time. So there's positive news coming out of Southwest, but kind of a non-event. It's maybe not the one to prioritize, unless for some reason it's the only airline that you can fly. Yes, but we, but I do love, I, I continue to love Southwest for what they do offer their passengers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, last year there was some news, you, you alluded to it earlier, some news on the Delta front. Yeah. They outlined some changes to their program, and then they swiftly backpedaled. Yes. (laughs) Why do you think that they did that? Why do you think they undid some of those changes? Okay, well, so they got crazy customer backlash. But the truth of the matter is the other programs did so many similar things, but like years in years past for Delta, it was just really poor timing. Like I told you this year, everyone's really become their own expert and in, in, in loyalty yeah. programs and airport lounges. And they think they know everything about it. And <laughs> I will say Delta did devalue sky miles, like the worth of them, especially for international tickets a few years back. A lot of people were upset about that, but kind of no one said anything when they came out with this news, it was like, 
a double whammy. So they were first changing the elite status qualifications, but then also changing lounge access. So I think they thought, all right, let's just kind of like rip off the Band-Aid and just tell them everything that's happening. And the elite status changes were for 2024. The lounge policies weren't even going to be till 2025. But they were just like, we're just going to tell them all at once. Like, we're just going to let them know. And so people got upset. However, in one of my articles that came out in early December, when United announced um, a few changes to its program, United has not made any negative changes this year. However, Hmm. the current United program makes it harder to achieve first rung silver status than Delta's new program. So everyone's so mad at Delta, but Delta is still easier to get status on than United. Interesting. It's so just, it's more just like a PR misstep. It's a PR misstep. And I, again, timing because everyone's paying attention right now. Yeah. People were not paying yeah, so much yeah. attention two years ago because so many points have been accrued during COVID. People hadn't used them. And everyone had, it's almost like everyone had like the equivalent of funny money and points. Like they were like, oh yeah, yeah. I can spend these points. I don't care. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but now everyone's kind of tightening, you know, inflation has hit, has hit the points world. They're like, uh-huh. wait, wait, I don't want to use those points. You know, I want my those elite my status. Points. I know. So, <laughs> yeah. um, where's my lounge access? So I think that Delta <laughs> took the heat for everything that mm-hmm. everyone's been doing in the industry. And it was yeah. frustrating when they announced it because it was a lot at once. But yeah, I yeah. will say they were smart and that they backpedaled quickly and they made some significant changes. And it's definitely much easier or it's going to be better now than what the original plans were for the overhaul of the program. And are they still taking place in 24 and 2025? Yeah, so the in 2024, Delta will move to a single metric, which is the medallion qualifying dollars. But you will get a boost towards status if you have like a Delta reserve card. I think once you spend, about, I think it's 3,500 on Delta or 20, I have to, I have to check 35 or 4,000, you, you will have your status yeah. because of the boost. The <laughs> other thing is um, I mentioned that United came out with this news of like, they're making no changes to elite status, but like some positive changes and how you can earn elite status. Again, a non-event, but it was well-timed, like while Delta was just kind of like down on the floor, like they just kind of like punched right in and kicked them. And they're like, oh yeah, we're, wow. you know, we're going to show you, but they're giving more qualifying points to people who spend on their co-branded cards but even with these new figures of like how many points you'll get towards elite status for spending, I think it's something like you have to spend a hundred thousand dollars to get it through spending alone, which is crazy. Wow. But anyway, again, it was a good PR move. How do you see Alaska fitting into all of this? There are quite a few changes happening with Alaska. I'm not sure. I'm waiting to see if the merger with Hawaiian or like I would say the takeover of Hawaiian actually happens. Alaska is changing their mileage redemption levels in 2024. The miles will not be as valuable. However, now that they became part of One World Alliance last year, there's just so many synergies between American and Alaska and then soon hopefully Hawaiian that if you live in that market, like it makes sense to be part of, but 
I love Alaska Airlines, but I can never like I I get a buy one get one free certificate from them every year for having their credit card because again I have every credit card, um, but I never use it because it just living on the East Coast I just don't have the opportunity to really use it. But yes, they do have a solid program. They still treat their customers well, but yeah. It's changing rapidly now that they're part of one world and then it will change. This one is bound to change significantly depending on what happens with Hawaiian because Hawaiian's program is definitely inferior to Alaska's. So which one they will adopt and how this will work Mm. remains to be seen. That'll probably be like the big story going into 2025. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I living on the West Coast, I fly Alaska a lot. And my mom was a flight attendant with Horizon, which was their, mm -hmm. you know, is their subsidiary. So I'm really curious to know how that's going to play out. So hopefully they stick with the Alaska program because it's good. It's pretty good. (laughs) I know. And they also serve those amazing local beers or not local. Oh, the beers like the the Seattle beers, the Portland beers, the Alaska beers. So good. I know. And they're little, they have the little stowaway cocktails. They have this Mm -hmm. really great old fashioned that that is like, on every flight. That is my best metric. I hope, um, I hope they don't get rid of it. Well, okay. So we've talked a lot about programs and how to maximize them. Do you ever think it's worth buying points or miles? Because like right now I'm getting all these offers, like 50% off, you know, there's these great email deals, but it just never seems like it's worth it from my perspective. But so I think like, if you're a neophyte, then kind of stay away. But I'm a big fan of buying points and miles at the right time with the right programs. Again, we have two articles on this. I have an article on buying airline points and an article on buying hotel points. I think it's less risky to buy hotel points specifically for IHG1 rewards and Hilton because when they put them on sale, they sell them for 50 cents a point. And almost always you can cash out those points for more than 50 cents a point. So you're typically like looking at a cost beneficial purchase. The other reason I like to buy points in both of those programs, if I haven't earned enough myself, is that Mm -hmm. they have amazing offers where if so with Hilton, if you're a member and have elite status, even like the lowest elite status, or if you have the elite status through having the platinum card from Capital One or whatever, they have an offer where if you get five nights the fifth one is free. So it's called like five for four. So you're getting five nights mm-hmm. at the price of four. So with Hilton points, if the hotel is 90,000 points a night, then you're paying 360,000 points for five nights instead of 450,000, which is incredible. And then if you're buying those points, um, 360,000 points at 50 cents a point is $1,800. Also, when you book with points, you're not paying resort fees. So I have used this like where I have purchased a sum of points and spent $1,800 for five nights stay that would have cost six or $7,000. But wow. again, you have to make sure that the dates are available with points and that it is a cost beneficial mm-hmm. thing. So it's a little bit more of an advanced thing to do. I don't recommend buying most airline points because typically they sell them like way above what market value is. Maybe if you like need to have a few extra points to get that ticket, consider it. But sometimes I personally buy American points because they are partners with Qatar Airways, my favorite. 
and they have the Q suite, yeah. <laughs> which is my favorite. And I recently got a round trip to Johannesburg from Miami for 140,000 points, wow. which yes, by buying the points cost me about $2,700. But had I purchased that ticket, it would have been $10,000. Wow. So, and I would have never purchased it, right? Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. So the economy ticket was going to be like fifteen hundred. Then I'm like, oh, I could buy points and get it for twenty seven hundred. And business, I'm going to do that. So yeah, so sometimes it's worth it. But we have both the articles that kind of break it all down. And how do you calculate the value of a point? I mean, I do it myself. It, yeah. it is out there. Like if you if just Google like how, different blogs value points at a different amount. Sometimes they're fixed amounts. Typically, like a JetBlue point is pegged to the dollar. Southwest is pegged to the dollar. It, there, it doesn't vary wildly. But with some of the other programs, yes, the value changes, but there are general trends. So that I had mentioned earlier that World of Hyatt has the most valuable points currency. And that's, again, if you look at it, that Park Hyatt Vendome, 45,000 points or $2,100, that shows that like you're getting over four cents per point. But then with Marriott, like an equivalent hotels, 200,000 points are getting one cent per point. So you can do the math yourself, but there's so many, there's so much information out there of like what the value of the different programs are that don't bother doing the math yourself. <laughs> Just got to keep your head from exploding somehow. Yes. What do you think that people often get wrong about loyalty programs or like what are your no-nos mm. when it comes to these things? Okay. So like what I just said, all points and miles aren't created equal. They're their own currencies. So don't think like that just because you spend 10,000 points in one program to get something that you're going to get an equivalent for 10,000 points in another. It just doesn't always work like that. People also think they can't belong to multiple loyalty programs and they can and they should. And I was saying I belong to all of them, you know, control the spam unless like you really you want to get those good <laughs> promotions. People also think they can only belong to domestic programs, but there are so many international loyalty programs that are oh, incredible. Yeah. For example, Air France KLM Flying Blue. That's like my favorite international program. Um, I love them because they are partners with so many of the credit card loyalty programs. So I can transfer from Chase Capital One and or Amex into Air France Flying Blue. They often have promotions for transfers, like a 25% bonus. So transfer one American Airlines point and get 1.25 Flying Blue points. They often have flights from Miami to Paris in business class, 70,000 miles each way, which let's say if you try to book that through Delta, they would probably charge you 300 or 400,000 points. But if you do it through Air France, Kalem Flying Blue, 70,000 points. So can you, before you actually transfer those points, can you go and kind of spec it out? Like you could go look on Air France. How much would this yes, cost me if I wanted to use points versus Delta? And that's part of how you make that decision. Yes. So going back to what is a point worth, the points that are in credit card programs, loyalty programs, are always considered the most valuable because you have the option of choice. Like they're not going to go away as long as your card is open and you can transfer them as and when needed. So yes, I would recommend if you have a destination in mind, 
definitely go on to the actual website of the frequent flyer program or hotel loyalty program and make sure that what you're looking for is available with points before you do any transfers whatsoever. I mean, you can do that yourself. There are other services out there that do that. There's something called point.me, which is great if you have very specific dates in mind. It'll tell you kind of like yay or nay, you can or can't do this. But you put in for flights, um, you want to fly from point A to point B, round trip on specific dates, what class you want. And we'll tell you of every award program out there, pretty much, which is the cheapest in points. So it'll give you the whole rundown from American Airlines to Air France KLM to Air Canada Aeroplan, and it will tell you what is the best one to do. Amazing. <laughs> I know. It's, and there's another, we have an article on that too. And then there's another, another one called uh, Going With Points, which is my favorite. And I just put on alerts for great points deals on flights. And uh, when they open up, I get notifications. Yeah. And so that oh, is that is how... I got that Qatar Airways ticket to Africa just a few weeks ago because there hadn't been any Q-suite reward tickets in like a year. I got this notification from Going With Points, which I'm subscribed to, that like all these seats had opened up. I went, got miles right away, booked the tickets. Well, what do you think the future holds for loyalty programs? Like where where do you think this is all going? Um, to go back where we started, like, it's been a downward trend. I feel 2023 to 2024, despite everyone kind of getting their panties in a bunch over Delta, <laughs> has been mellow and mild. And I think that we're just going to see more things like chip away at the programs over the years, unfortunately. But yeah, you just have to get to know your program and then figure out ways to adapt. I used to be loyal to US Airways. Before it was part of American, I thought like, oh my God, how am I going to start working with American? And then I figure that out. And then American switched to the loyalty points program. And then I figure that out. You just have to be adaptable and you have to kind of keep up with our articles on afar.com because we report on all <laughs> these amazing that. things all the time um, and then listen to podcasts <laughs> like these um, to help guide you. And then you have all of the linked article so you can go take a deep dive to every subject we spoke about. <laughs> Earn your PhD. Earn your PhD. But next year, I do think the big news will be the Alaska Hawaiian yeah. Air and the changes that kind of come with that and then how that impacts the One World Alliance and then that will definitely impact American. So mm-hmm. we shall see. Mm-hmm. We shall see. We can't, we can't predict the future. <laughs> I would love to say that things are just going to get better and better, but... Uh, I don't think so. Maybe they will surprise us. Yes, yes. I hope so. I hope so. Go Alaska. You can do it. <laughs> I know. Let's let's hope. We all like to be rewarded for our loyalty in every mm-hmm. capacity and facet of our lives. <laughs> this is one way where you can actually get tangible benefits for being loyal. So it's definitely worth it. I love it. And of course, as I always say, don't be scared to get a credit card to boost your elite status or to kind of get ahead of the game. You know, it's it's the easiest way to cheat and the most yeah. legal way. <laughs> yeah, we won't talk about the illegal ways on this podcast. No, no, I don't, no, 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 no. We won't. <laughs> and that, folks, was Paul Rubio. 
One quick note, we recorded this episode in late December, and at that time, there were no updates to American Airlines' loyalty program to report. Since then, however, a handful of positive changes have been announced. I'll link to the story. Paul wrote about that in the show notes. And as I mentioned at the top of the episode, we'll link to stories about all of the topics mentioned today, as well as his social media handles in the show notes. So let's grab another glass of wine and get to work. Next week, we'll be back with a London tour company that employs a very special type of guide. Ready for more unpacking? Visit Afar.com and be sure to follow us on Instagram and X. We are at Afar Media. If you enjoyed today's exploration, I hope you'll come back for more great stories. Subscribing always makes that easy. And be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platforms. It helps other travelers find it. And if you ever want to ask a question or suggest a topic for coverage, you can reach out to us at afar.com slash feedback or email us at unpacked at afar.com. This has been Unpacked, a production of Afar Media. The podcast is produced by Aislinn Green and Nikki Galtaland. Music composition by Chris Collin. And remember, the world is complicated. We're here to help you unpack it. Unpack it.